Hello and welcome to the Obelisk Project podcast, a a programme where we'll be looking into childhood obesity to consider what it is, the causes and chatting through the latest research and how the Obelisk Project is positively contributing to this issue. I'm your host, Kate Wall. I'm an associate consultant for beta technology and a registered nutritionist. And I've worked in the area of weight management for the past five years. So this is a topic I'm really excited to take a deeper dive into to help give a better understanding of this complex area out to more people. This is our first podcast. And in this episode, we'll be joined by Philippe Frogel and Amélie Bonfom where we will discuss childhood obesity and we'll learn more about a project called Obelisk, which is a research study which has been set up specifically to address the scientific challenges that have hindered progress in childhood obesity research to date. I am delighted to introduce our guests for today as we have two experts in the field of obesity. Firstly, we have Philippe Frogel, who is a professor in endocrine endocrinology and director and co-principal investigator on the obelisk project at INSERM. Philippe is a renowned geneticist known for his contributions to the field of diabetes research. He's made significant discoveries in the genetic basis of both obesity and type 2 diabetes. Joining him is Amélie Bonfon, who is director of research at INSERM and also co-principal investigator on the obelisk project. Her career is focused on the genetic causes of type 2 diabetes and obesity uh, to be able to better understand the disease process and then target treatments and drug therapies. So hello and welcome both to the podcast. Hello. Hello, nice to be here. Today is the 4th of March, which marks World Obesity Day. And the theme this year is Let's Talk About Obesity which is exactly what we plan to do today, with an aim to get more people talking about the wider topics around obesity, to hopefully challenge some of the common misconceptions that are often linked to obesity. So in this episode, we'll be taking a deeper dive into the area of childhood obesity, to dissect the underlying causes and discuss the ripple effects on children's well-being and society at large. We'll debate the urgency of the matter and explore potential solutions for a healthier and more informed approach to addressing childhood obesity. So on that note, let's start the discussion. And it's probably best to start with discussing childhood obesity in general. We know that childhood obesity rates are on the rise, but could you talk to us about what are the current trends in this area? What's the real magnitude of the issue? You know, is it reaching alarming proportions that should bring us cause for concern? Yes, Um, I think that uh, childhood obesity is a growing issue across Europe. The World Health Organization uh, reported data a few years ago and said that obesity affects one in three school age children and one in four uh, adolescents. The concern of today is that despite uh, uh, several policies uh, uh, to alter reduce obesity level, instead it seems that the the problem is growing upward. And COVID has been a a terrible event that increased again uh, the the risk of obesity and the prevalence of obesity in, in Europe. Children's obesity, unfortunately, 
uh, uh, carried through uh, into adulthood. That means that uh, obesity uh, is a chronic disease and by itself. But in addition of that, um, it's a risk factor for several diseases that are leading cause of poor health or uh, early death. And um, what we know now, unfortunately, that the development of this uh, non-communicable disease uh, uh, with, from obesity, that their risk uh, at middle age depend uh, uh, on the age of onset, which means that the, the duration of obesity uh, is uh, an important factor increase the risk not only on this disease but also on the, the complication of this disease and the premature death. So clearly it is now known that childhood obesity is associated with a higher chance of premature death and disability in adulthood. And that is for the individual but for the society, for the economy, for the health and social care system uh, obesity is a disaster that should be targeted as a priority. Mm. So the earlier developing obesity in life, the more potential negative impacts the person may experience. So it is definitely an important issue that we need to pay attention to, really. Um, are there particular demographics or communities that might be more affected by childhood obesity? And if so, what are the reasons for this? Yes, indeed. Unfortunately, um, childhood obesity tends to affect certain demographics more than others. And there are several reasons behind this. Firstly, um, socioeconomic status plays a strong role. Obesity rates are higher among lower socioeconomic groups. This is likely due to various factors associated with inequality. Those factors include limited access to quality education, fewer opportunities for safe physical activity, exposure to unhealthy food outlets and targeted marketing, especially towards children, and higher rates of poor physical and mental health. Furthermore, limited financial resources and geographical location can restrict access to healthy food, leading to an excessive dependence on less nutritious and calorie-dense options. Furthermore, and it's really important to note that, some ethnicities appear to have higher rates of obesity. Once again, this could be attributed to a variety of factors, such as cultural norms, food preferences and traditions, genetic predispositions also, and socioeconomic inequality and so on. Mm. So inequality is playing such an important factor when it comes to the development of obesity. And it sounds as though we need to be thinking about this as like a societal issue and not just an individual's problem. Because as you've just explained there, there might be many things that the individual can't actually control that are contributing to their risk of developing the disease. So I guess from there, I'd be really interested in getting your thoughts on the current understanding of some of the main factors that are contributing to the rise of childhood obesity, both on an individual and societal level. So would you be able to give us an overview of what we know, what's our current understanding around some of the causes of obesity? 
Fortunately, in the last 30 years, our understanding of the roots of obesity has increased a lot, and we are becoming more and more aware about uh, the mechanism of the complex uh, uh, pathways uh, leading to this uh, disease. And what we can say that there's a lot of factors that can impact the development of obesity within an individual. What is important to say that uh, our genes are quite important in the development of obesity, but the impact of this gene on the risk of obesity is modulated by our environment. What we do, what, what we eat, do we have a physical activity, etc., etc. To give you an example, some of the genes for obesity increase appetite, but clearly in the past, when there was no unlimited access to food, even the children were always uh, uh, hungry, uh, didn't develop uh, obesity. Another part of the obesity gene uh, increase uh, our dependence of food. So that means that uh, our addicted we are to different kind of food like sugar, etc., etc. Again, um, it depends on our environment, where we eat, uh, the access to healthy food uh, that will make a big, a big difference. So that means that living in an obesogenic environment means that those with a genetic predisposition, for instance, because uh, uh, they are more hungry than others, um, are more likely to develop the disease due to the interaction between the gene and the environment. The environment means uh, the, um, the, the collective, physical, economic, uh, social, policy, and cultural factors that may promote uh, uh, obesity. Other contributing factors are the socioeconomic uh, status. Clearly and unfortunately, obesity is still a disease that uh, is uh, more uh, at risk for poor people especially in, in uh, uh, low-income countries or in low-income uh, families. That means that, that there is an impact on the children's opportunity um, to, to access healthy food, good education, access to safe physical activities, space, and exposure to unhealthy food outlet. Uh, if uh, it's not possible to do better. So that means that there is, uh, the environment is quite important, but it's on the top of our genetic factors. Furthermore, the, the roots of obesity can also be attributed to decreased physical activity as our life become increasingly sedentary and children spend more time in front of screens. Physical inactivity is particularly prevalent among adolescents. For instance, in 2018, less than one in five and one in 10 girls across 27 EU countries reported meeting the rule recommendations for physical activity, which is very, very low. Furthermore, dietary factors play a significant role in obesity. There has been an increase in the availability of cheap and convenient energy-dense foods and sugary beverages. Many parents, especially those with busy schedules and parents both working, find it very, very challenging to prioritize home cooking. 
As a result, there has been a rise in processed food in modern diets. The portion size have also grown over time. Furthermore, lots of people failed to meet dietary guidelines, leading to a lack of nutrient-rich foods like fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and whole grain. This gap is often filled with low nutrient density foods or results in increased hunger and snacking on less healthy options. While there is limited data on European children's fruit and vegetable consumption, unfortunately, one study highlighted that only 6 to 24% of European children meet the rule recommendations. Wow, that is so much to consider and so many factors that are influencing the development of obesity. Um, and as we've discussed, so many of them go way beyond that individual responsibility as has been presented in the past. So do you think, though, despite all of that knowledge, that there are more pieces to this puzzle and perhaps there are other causes that we're yet, yet to discover or maybe that we need more research to be able to say with confidence that this causes obesity? Yes, uh I believe that a lot uh, should be uh, discovered and I hope a belief will help. Uh, for instance, uh, we mentioned genetics, means uh, the uh, mutation of our gene that uh, have been transmitted by our parents who have been created at conception. But a new continent we want to move to is what we call epigenetic. That means the factors, for instance, environmental factors that are modifying the way our genes are working and it's now absolutely clear that physical activity or the lack of physical activity, healthy nutrition or bad nutrition strongly modulate uh, the genes that are important in uh, our uh, metabolism and uh, increase the risk of uh, obesity or uh, increase the risk of complication of obesity like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, et cetera, et cetera. So we will analyze uh, the role of uh, epigenetics. And of course, for uh, in uh, obelis, it's not only discovery, but to try to transform that in uh, um, active recommendation uh, to improve uh, uh, the, uh, the care of a young patient with obesity or to present child with obesity. Mm. It's a fascinating area um, and just clear the reasons why someone may develop childhood obesity are complex, it's multifactorial and we know the disease itself can be complex, co complex too um, and that it might impact on that person's physical and mental health in different ways. So would you be able to outline for us some of the main ways childhood obesity affects health? And what are the long-term consequences for children who do develop obesity? The, the most uh, uh, important uh, consequence of childhood obesity is to be obese uh, when you are um, adult. And then from adult uh, that all your life you develop uh, obesity. And the reason of that is uh, um, it's possible uh, to, to cure obesity in children. It's, it's more and more difficult to cure obesity uh, in teenagers and uh, even more difficult in, uh, in adults. So the, the good time to prevent 
or to reverse childhood obesity is uh, in, the, in the first 10 or 15 years uh, uh, of life. If we don't succeed, the, the big risk, and we see that clearly now in the United States, in UK, and in other countries in Europe today, it's the development of early onset type 2 diabetes. Usually it occurs when you are 50 and 60s, but more and more uh, in obese uh, young adults, it can develop at the age of 30 or, or 40. And uh, worst, uh, uh, there's a risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, heart attack, stroke, uh, and uh, hypertension, plus certain cancers that are linked to, uh, uh, to obesity. Another problem is uh, osteoarthritis, uh, as uh, clearly um, um, there is uh, some consequences on your skeleton and also consequences on your muscle. Uh, indeed, if uh, obese uh, young individuals usually are more muscles than others, it's not for, for, for a long time. And, uh, and there is uh, a loss of muscle mass, what we call sarcopenia, that happens uh, in the relatively young individuals who, who are obese. And that makes their life more difficult with uh, development of, of disability. And the breathing disorder exists as well, uh, such as sleep apnea, and, but also uh, risk of infection, etc., etc. So clearly, children uh, of healthy weight uh, um, have a better health than those who are overweight and develop slowly, but unfortunately, surely, uh, obesity. One important uh, and uh, usually not really uh, um, studied uh, is uh, the risk of mental health, uh, the lack of self-esteem, uh, the uh, uh, adverse issues on school attendance and achievement at, at school. And at the end of the day, we unfortunately know that in many countries, um, obese uh, young individuals have a lower paid job and less job opportunity uh, than those who have uh, uh, a normal weight. And altogether, the risk is a uh, weight stigma that is not an illusion that really exists and exists in young children, adolescents, uh, and ad adulthood. Mm. Yeah, wow. So from our discussion so far, it's clear to me that a preventative uh, multifaceted approach is required to to tackle this issue and I think it's really encouraging that our understanding of this complex subject has really deepened over the last few years you know based on what you've just explained to us but there are still gaps in our knowledge in relation to both the causes and really importantly how to create preventative interventions that are going to be effective so you are jointly leading on a new research project called Obelisk, which aims to explore this further. So I wonder if you can explain to us what is Obelisk and how will it help to fill some of the gaps that we still have in our knowledge? Yeah, so the, the main concept behind Obelisk is understanding, predicting and ultimately preventing obesity in children while also offering precision medicine for those already affected. Over the span of the next five years, 
Our ambitious research program will be undertaken by a consortium of 15 partners across nine European countries. Obelisk is grounded in the 4P approach, namely predicting, preventing, precision medicine, and participation. Obelisk aims to develop evidence-based clinical guidelines, best practices and preventive strategies against overweight and obesity, and aims to address associated health conditions across all stages of life. At the heart of Obelisk 4P approach lies active engagement from various stakeholders, including families, scientific and medical communities, daycare centers, schools, policymakers, and industry. This will foster social innovation, driving successful outcomes. By leveraging predictive tools and targeted prevention strategies developed by Obelisk, patients and clinicians can collaborate to make informed decisions about the most suitable interventions for managing childhood obesity. This will empower patients to take charge of their health. Following Obelisk evidence-based guidelines, policymakers, national and local authorities, nurseries, schools, and sports centers will design more effective prevention campaigns to tackle childhood obesity and overweight. Through the integration of diverse disciplines and the implementation of three clinical trials, Obelisk aims to deepen our understanding of the prevention and treatment of childhood obesity. These studies will significantly contribute to our knowledge-based guideline future interventions for combating this critical health issue. Thank you. Um, sounds really interesting project. Uh, thanks for explaining that to us. Um, where should people go if they want to find out more about the project or maybe they want to follow along with its progress? What's the best place for them to find information? So we, yeah, so we have a, a, a website dedicated to Obelisk as well as a LinkedIn and X. Okay, brilliant. I'm sure we can put some links uh, around as well for that. Um, so brilliant. Thank you so much, Philippe, and thank you, Emily, for your time today and for sharing your expertise on this. It's been so interesting. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, it does highlight the need for prevention and early intervention to try and reduce this growing trend. And I think of the importance of continuing to increase our knowledge with research, such as the Obelisk Project. So we hope you've all found this podcast interesting too, and we're looking forward to recording more as the project evolves. If you have any opinions, thoughts, or further questions, we'd love to hear from you. You could simply hop on our socials and talk to us there, or you can email obelisk at betatechnology.co.uk. We can look to address any questions that you might have in future episodes. We would also love you to share this podcast with anyone you know who would be interested too. So thanks again to Amelie and Philippe and stay tuned everyone for our next episode. Thanks for listening.